Travis Taves joins us. Uh, Minister, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. Oh, it's a pleasure, Shay. So this budget, I mean, obviously, it's a, there's a lot of spending. This is a big spending budget. Increases in, in most ministries and some pretty substantial ones, 4 and 5%. You know, it's, it's up billions of dollars from your own forecast just a few months ago back in November. Um, you've been a finance minister that's been focused a lot on fiscal restraint up until yesterday. Uh, what's changed? Why do you characterize the change in approach from the UCP? Well, fiscal restraint, fiscal responsibility continues to be a theme in Budget 23. But, Shay, we, we've uh, really done the heavy fiscal lifting in, but, you know, the previous uh, three, four budgets. And we've met our fiscal anchor of aligning our per capita spend with that of comparable provinces, which was uh, a key deliverable. We were 10 billion, there was a $10 billion differential in 2019. Uh, and by this year, 22-23, we've eliminated it. And that allows uh, the Alberta government to continue to make important investments in healthcare, education, and public safety. And as long as we stay below the um, population growth and uh, inflation in terms of increases, we're going to ensure that we can deliver sound fiscal management. I understand what you're saying, and I agree. There, there definitely has been a reduction in overall spending, and I was checking the numbers last night. We're still behind B.C. when it comes to per capita spending based on their budget yesterday, which is a deficit budget. Um, but at the same time, we, the fiscal restraint that you say brought us in line and made us be able to do this and put us in this position to do it seems to be out the window, because now you're talking about returning to spending. So it seems to me like this is based much more on how much money do we have at hand because of resource revenue. That's the overriding factor. Well, uh, Shay, that, I mean, that's simply not the case. Again, fiscal responsibility continues to be a theme. Uh, once we ultimately have brought our spending down to sustainable levels, at that point in time, it uh, works. In fact, it's important to uh, ensure that we're funding uh, programs and meeting needs. Our population is growing up, going up by 3% this year. Uh, we've had a big in, uh, population increase last year. And of course, we are in an inflationary environment. All of that is requiring some additional resources, particularly in healthcare and education and public safety. Because we've done the heavy fiscal lifting, because we've made such great fiscal progress, and because we've positioned our economy for competitiveness, economic growth, diversification, which results in expanded fiscal capacity and, and greater government revenue. Because of that, it allows us to make this important investment. Of course, you've heard the criticism from all kinds of analysts and opposition members and all the rest that this is simply a budget aimed at winning an election in three months. For example, take a look at the affordability initiatives. They end in June. So as soon as the polls close, everything changes. I think Rachel Notley actually said, then the cost will be revealed. Um, is this just an election budget? What can you tell us about going forward? Because, I mean, clearly there's a lot of spending that's done in the immediate. But what about long term? Well, long, long term, we are funding health care at higher levels. Long term, we're funding our education system to adequately deal with enrollment. Long term, we're providing more boots on the ground for better enforcement and greater justice capacity. This is a budget that looks long term. 
you, you mentioned the, the, the justice, and, and, and I, I wanted to ask you, and of course everybody was looking, and I know you've been asked, in terms of policing, people were looking to see where the UCP, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a push or initiative to try and get started on a provincial police force might see funding. It doesn't in this budget, but there's almost $30 million being spent on more sheriffs and funding available for municipalities that want to explore alternate police forces, um, a la Grand Prairie and what they're doing. So is that the new, I would be fair to say, that's the new approach that the UCP is taking, increasing sheriffs to handle some of the issues and making it affordable for municipalities rather than going to a provincial force? The plan of this government is to ensure uh, better enforcement and more boots on the ground wherever possible. And that's one reason we're increasing public safety by 13%. I mean, we're continuing to engage Albertans on, on you know, our, our plan with policing in the future, including the option of an Alberta police force. In the meantime, we're ensuring that we're providing funding and resources to improve public safety and reduce crime. Um, in terms of the other side of the equation, and you've talked about fiscal responsibility, and we know that's a big part of any conservative government. Um, this Explain this new framework to me. I think I understand that essentially we've got a new fund. 50% of any surplus going forward must go to debt. And then we've got this new fund and the Heritage Fund, some changes. Just explain to me um, some of the, the rules or the regulations that are coming in going forward around this. Sure, Shay. I, I'm going to be proposing a fiscal framework. It really has three parts. The first part uh, requires a balanced budget, with some exceptions. Uh, an exception is if we see a very significant drop in revenues, uh, that would provide an exception to a balanced budget. Uh, and another exception would be if we uh, encounter significant uh, costs for disasters or emergencies, that is an exception that would allow us to run a deficit budget. But other than that, it requires a balanced budget. The second fiscal rule will limit expenditure growth to uh, inflation, CPI, and population growth. That will ensure that on a per capita basis, in real dollar terms, that our spending is not increasing. That will drive efficiency in the delivery of government programs. And number three, we are bringing forward a, a fiscal framework proposal that will effectively uh, guide and inform uh, surplus management. And the proposal that I'm bringing forward would require at least 50% of any surplus to be used for debt repayment for all the debt that's maturing in the year the surplus is achieved. And so, but that's a minimum of 50%. As you know, we pay down $13.4 billion of debt this last year, all the debt that matured during the year. We're also making a $2 billion uh, investment in the Heritage Savings Trust Fund from surplus of the last couple of years. But the fiscal framework requires minimum 50% for debt reduction. Any amounts that are not used for debt reduction would go into the Alberta Fund. There's three uses uh, allowed out of the Alberta Fund. Number one is holding the funds for continued debt reduction, future debt reduction. Number two is additional investment in the Heritage Savings Trust Fund. And number three, uh, the funds could be used for one-time uh, expenditures in the public interest that are not reoccurring. In other words, expenditures that do not create ongoing um, structural increases. One thing with respect to these kinds of projects, they have to go through the full budget process, the full debate on an appropriations bill, the full debate at estimates, and they're also subject to the other fiscal rules. Okay, so th th this, let's call it a discretionary fund. I mean, I've heard some people say this is just a slush fund. You're putting in rules and regulations to make sure it's not just a little piggy bank that the 
UCP government can reach to at any time and buy favors. This this will go through the legislative process. I mean, what are the rules around how this money gets spent exactly? Well, well, okay. If we didn't set up an Alberta fund, then any surplus would just sit in a bank account. And that surplus could fund future government operations, but operations as prescribed by the budget and by an appropriations bill. By creating an Alberta fund, now we're putting structure, additional structure around the use of that surplus, which prioritizes debt repayment and investment into the, into the Heritage Savings Trust Fund. It also allows some strategic projects in the future to be funded out of cash sitting from previous uh, surplus. But for any additional expenditures out of that fund, whether it, uh, it's from the fund or whether it would be from borrowed money, it's all subject to the budget process, the debate on the appropriations bill, and they're all, it's all subject to the uh, other fiscal rules that I've just mentioned. The Alberta Fund provides more structure, more transparency, and more discipline. Um, last one, and I'll let you go, and I do appreciate your time. In terms of where the spending has seemed to not be given to, and it's a couple of the controversial programs that were mentioned, provincial police force we talked about, the pension plan, no consideration for the budget there, um, and R-Star or the, the well cleanup program doesn't get mentioned in the budget either. And were those trial balloons and now it didn't work, so let's not make a line item on those, or are those still something the UCP government's considering? Well, I mean, I mean, I've talked about a provincial police service, the concept of a police, a provincial police service. Uh, what we're really interested in is better enforcement and more efficient enforcement. And so um, as a government, we'll be consulting with Albertans, Alberta municipalities on how to best achieve better enforcement, including the option of an Alberta police force. But there are no plans to bring uh, an Alberta police force in in the upcoming year as reflected in the budget. Right. In terms of an Alberta pension plan, you know that as Minister of Finance, I was tasked with doing a deep dive into understanding the benefits, the risks, the mm-hmm. opportunities of an Alberta pension plan. We had a report almost completed, and then we received an additional fresh data set from Statistics Canada in December. We're updating the report for that new data set, and that report will be ready to release and distribute and engage Albertans with uh, sometime after May. The reality is the report will only be updated in May. Okay. And it will be important that Albertans see the report, can engage in the discussion so they can fully understand the benefits, opportunities, risks of an Alberta pension plan. Okay. With Minister- respect to an R-STAR program, yeah. uh, again, there's there are no definitive plans to move forward, and it's not reflected in the budget accordingly. Okay, fair enough. Minister, I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much for your time. I do need to run, but I appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.